Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast on life's most effective healing tools, rest and recovery, through expert advice, wellness methods, and self-care. Hello, everyone. I am really excited to introduce uh, my sponsor, Bio-Optimizers. If you're not familiar with them, they make some of the highest quality grade supplemental products out there. Um, being my, uh, honestly, my first sponsorship, um, I didn't want to put anything out there that I didn't try, use, uh, or get behind. And um, I'm really excited that, that they've just released their new and improved formula for Magnesium Breakthrough, which is the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. And if you know anything about magnesium, it's a critical mineral for our health and is a precursor to quality rest to help produce melatonin. And so using this new fourth generation formula, Magnesium Breakthrough, uh, it's potent, it's effective, and it will help reduce your stress, improve sleep, and overall boost your energy levels. So uh, I've already taken this, as I mentioned before, and you'll want to try this. I mean, it's it's uh, I've given a number of them out for free to friends, uh, and they've really enjoyed it. So if you've never tried it before, now's the time to do it. Uh, you can use the code REST10 at checkout. Again, REST, R-E-S-T-10 at checkout. In every bottle of magnesium, you'll get seven unique form, forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which is, can dramatically improve your health. As I mentioned, it can help you sleep longer and deeper, reduce your stress levels, and help you feel calm. And if you give give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And as you know, that's ultimately in line with the vision of this podcast is to live this one life well to, through rest and recovery. And nothing uh, is going to help much more than magnesium breakthrough. So check it out. Again, REST10, R-E-S-T-10. Okay, well, welcome to another episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. With me is Jamie Duran, and she is a personal fitness trainer, uh, mom, and uh, business owner, and then focused on, and keep me honest, it's postpartum and pregnancy fitness is is your your heavy focus. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. Um, We've connected for a little while on social and, and had the opportunity to connect personally recently and um you know as a as a husband and and father of three girls and an older brother of three two sisters um as much as i have all of that going on i still can't connect with a lot of the things you focus on which is being able to support women in different stages of their health walk Mm -hmm. um so give me a little background on on you and your your fitness background and, and why you went down this path sure um, I guess going way back, I grew up loving sports, um, had a pretty athletic childhood, um, played soccer and dance and cheerleading. And, um, it wasn't until I guess after college and even more so becoming a mother, um, that I realized that there are so many intricacies about the way that we take care of our bodies and specifically for moms, Um, coming back or going through pregnancy and then coming back postpartum, um, a lot of considerations and 
somewhat of a lack of education and resources for women. Um, So um, after we had our first son, we have two boys. um, I realized that I really wanted to focus on serving women in this capacity. Um, It's a personal interest of mine to um, be healthy and um, prioritize my overall just wellness to serve my family. Sure. um, I transitioned from the business world into personal training. After my first son, my husband um, was very supportive of this. I've always wanted to do it. And it felt like the right time to kind of gradually step into the industry. And the more I learned, the more I realized um, there was a lack of support for women in this capacity. So I'm even more passionate about it now. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you doing this podcast and having some other women on who, who focus on similar domains that I didn't realize the, the, um, underrepresented, I guess you could say, or under investigated aspect of women's health, which just kind of blew my mind being in 2022 now that there there's just not that much focus. And, um, I guess even some of the studies are done on men and then they're overlaid to women. And it's like, okay, there's no chemistry. Exactly. (laughs) Physical aspects are just very different mechanically and very much so. And it's, um, to no fault of a woman's, but, um, it's hard to disseminate the information and then knowing what to apply to their life versus not, um, it can be very overwhelming, especially when you're just trying to, um, take care of yourself. Yeah. And, um, yes. So that's, that's part of my mission as well is just to simplify fitness for women. So what was your, if you don't mind pulling on your own experience going from, you know, uh, pre-kids active to then, you know, in the midst of, and then to post, I guess there's kind of three phases. Mm -hmm. What was that first transition from, you know, no kids to pregnancy. Yes. That will- um, sure. So, um, in terms of fitness, I through college and then after graduation, I really started to love running, um, competing in local races. Yes. Um, it love kind it. of became my, my moving meditation, um, something that I did that I really just enjoyed. It was enhancement to my life. Um, through pregnancy, I wasn't quite sure how to modify my running, um, and my lifting weights. I did a little bit of strength training as well. Um, I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. Um, I do have a running coach who helped and aired on the side of just, you know, listen to what your body's saying and take a step back. So don't push it. Now's not the time, Um, which really stuck with me. And I've also advised my own clients to do the same. Um, So I was fortunate enough to be able to continue, um, running strength training through most of my pregnancy. Um, but in the postpartum phase, I was extremely cautious because I knew that the risk was greater than the reward to try and come out of the gates, going after PRs, um, being really aggressive with my training. So I took a very slow approach returning to running after, um, giving birth both times, but, um, and I was fortunate to not have complications, okay. but I know that that's not the case for a lot of women. And, um, it's just, a lot of women are uncertain on what's appropriate, what's not, what sure. should I be capable of versus, um, where am I? 
Yeah. So, so that for me, there's a question on, so within the context of pregnancy, you know, I've heard some people are like, no, stop working out. So is that not an optimal idea to just stop or? It depends. Um, so it definitely varies person to person. Um, I like to say that there really aren't any absolutes when it comes to women and fitness. So I encourage people to shy away from blanket statements like you should never, or you should always. Right. So for most women, if you're coming into pregnancy with an existing fitness routine, I think you can try and keep the consistency of your routine, but adapt as needed, depending on what phase you're going through, um, the various trimesters. And then of course, um, getting closer to labor and delivery. Okay. So I think that, um, I would not advise someone to halt exercise altogether unless there's a medical reason, which right. in which case, um, their physician would likely, uh, encourage that guy the same. Right. But um, I think it's a good thing for women to continue movement through pregnancy for multiple reasons. The, the mental health, um, being able to still continue doing something you love and it's part of your routine. And then definitely the physical health um, for your body as you're growing a baby. Right. And I would think even going through the process of the delivery, even if it turns into a C-section, your, your mm -hmm. ability to um, work through that physical experience. Absolutely. Um, I have worked with women who their main motivation for exercising and strength training during pregnancy was to prepare themselves for labor and delivery. Okay. Um, and I've seen it definitely enhance their pregnancy experience. And then um, also just give them the confidence going into labor and delivery when there are so many unknown factors with the way it will actually go. Um, just having the peace of mind that they took care of their body up until that point, I think is huge. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, just for anyone doing physical activity, um, getting more in tune with your, your body and how it feels and really being Absolutely. able to kind of subjectively discern where you are in the whole process. Yes. That's a very good point. Um, learning to trust your body, understanding, um, just modifications that you may need to make and when to push versus when to pull back, which I think serves women well through labor and delivery, and then definitely postpartum. So, uh, postpartum, uh, what did that experience for you or, or some of your clientele? Um, I know it, it depends. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what is that like where you're trying to re acquaint yourself with your own body that may now physically be different. Yes. Uh, does that make sense? It does. Yes. Coming from a guy, I <laughs> yes. Um, I think the starting point for all women, um, is mentally being in the right place. So kind of adjusting your mindset and shifting your expectations to first, what just happened, um, and appreciating your body for carrying a baby through pregnancy, labor and delivery, and just honoring your body for the miracle of a baby. Um, from there, I recommend just reframing what fitness looks like in this phase of life. Um, and then definitely checking in with your expectations. If you are a competitive athlete, understanding that now is not necessarily the time to go after PRs, um, a super rigid training schedule, flexibility is key, especially postpartum. And I think it right. sets the tone for your overall 
long-term postpartum fitness is um, establishing a foundation of being consistent to the best of your ability and then definitely being adaptable because we all know, and your kids are older, mine are a little bit older. Um, you can't predict how the day is going to go. So yeah. every day no. adaptability is key. That That's a great, great point of um, adaptability. I like what you said around expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's something that anybody can relate to. I know for myself, we're running, I'm a runner as well, mm-hmm. as, as you may know, but um, you know, where our, our brain might be and where uh, of the memory of the past and doing a certain thing. And then where my body is presently mm-hmm. aren't always aligned. Right. And wrestling through that can be challenging. And for me, I, I can go very negative. So I think it's mm-hmm. a great, great point on just acknowledging where you are and, and the things you've gone through. Exactly. Yes. Expectations are huge. Um, and also just reminding yourself that, um, everything is temporary. So especially in that early postpartum phase, you will get stronger and you will get more sleep eventually. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, so yes, just expectations are huge. So, um, when you navigate with a client, so, uh, how do you work with, with clients when it comes to setting that expectation and aligning it to the goal or having to recalibrate that goal? Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely varies per client to client, but um, I think most of them are very trusting of my recommendations for where they currently are. Yeah. Um, and that kind of perpetuates my passion for doing this is because I think women especially are looking for a trusted resource to guide them through these critical phases. And so um, if I have a client who, you know, is really wanting to push and um, maybe push a little bit further than what I think her boundaries could be at this point in time, we kind of work together, talk through it um, and take it week by week. Yeah. Um, But it's hard because most of the women I work with are very high achieving driven women. And a lot of them do want to push themselves and um, reach their goals. But I remind them that really I take an integrative approach to training where you have to factor in all of your stressors, your sleep, your recovery, which you very well know, um, where your kids are in life, um, your husband's work schedule. So there are just so many things that um, I like to re- gently remind women that impact coming to work out with me. You know, I, there's two things. There's one, the trusted source thing I'd like to, and then that last point on integrative or that the totality of the load in your life that yes. has to be accounted for. Yes. Um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I personally can relate to that as my probably the prescription for my own burnout of not acknowledging or accounting for the different stressors, um, in in life in general. Yes. And it's hard because I think from a societal standpoint, there can be a tone of more is better and we should be in the extreme at everything. And we should be working as much as possible every week when really that's just not sustainable. So, um, yeah, it's, you've experienced it, it, you get to a certain point and you just can't hold on to everything. So, um, I think it's just taking it day by day and adapting for whatever your current personal physical circumstances are. Yeah. So how did you, if you don't mind personally kind of work through your own goals and recalibrating what your vision was for yourself and what it all meant? Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I, I think that I loved the early postpartum phase so much that I kind of realigned my goals and definitely my priorities. Um, mm. as most women know, you give birth and just your world changes and, um, nothing matters more than your baby. So, um, I was okay taking a step back from pursuing fitness goals at that point. Um, but as my kids grew older and with the support of my husband, I wanted to compete again in terms of road races, um, and keep up with a strength training routine just to stay healthy. Um, so, it, it's definitely gone through phases of focusing more, focusing less on my personal goals. But I like to say that I keep fitness fun for myself because yeah. I want it to be long-term. So I know that I don't want to burn out. I know that I don't want to get injured. So I like to keep it as a supplement to my life, but not my life itself. That's, that's an excellent perspective of just, you know, putting it in perspective of what, what you're doing it for. Um, cause we're not going to be crossing the finish line to get some Olympic medal exactly. at this point in our life, even if it, any of us were Olympians, which I wasn't ever, uh, but you know, what's the point of it? And it's to be strong for those moments. So like, you know, so we're able to play with our kids. Well, that's right. Give them a run for their money on the basketball court or the track yes. or, exactly. uh, or even the grandkids, kids or great grand grandkids, you know, mm-hmm. um, I want my grand, great grandkids to be sweating when they're playing with me. <laughs> right. Yes. I know. I want to be able to keep up too. Um, uh, so um, the trust factor, that's a big one. Um, and finding trusted sources, especially mm-hmm. in the pretty much any domain, but it seems in the health and fitness industry. And then knowing that there's kind of a lack of information tailored towards women. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about finding whether it's, research or, uh, community to find the specific professionals that you maybe collaborate with? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fortunate because I live in a community that has a lot of specialists to support women. Um, so if it's someone who comes to me, whether it's postpartum or for a little bit further out, um, with, some like a physical imbalance or something that I think could turn into an injury. We have great physical therapists in the area. Mm-hmm. And then for the newly postpartum women, um, pelvic floor physical therapists, which okay. I think is critical before resuming, um, a training plan. So, um, and then definitely mental health professionals. That's something that I think, um, I like to talk to all my clients about to break the stigma of, assuming that just because you're a mom, that everything's great and you have the support you need and you're happy and you love it. Um, I think that there's a lot of women who naturally we struggle in those early few months and I think can also use, um, the mental health support. Yeah. And on the husband side of it, I mean, you can definitely see and relate to the fact that, um, there's mom guilt out there, right. That it never seems, I mean, a parent's job and mom's job is definitely never done. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's part of the, the, the mental aspect of it being, whether it's perspective of being okay with it, not being done or defining what done is, um, exactly. and that that's a really hard thing to do, whether it be a cultural influence or just even, you know, historically you do other things, you're expecting a closed loop somewhere. Right. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, nope, it just keeps going. Yes. No, I, I remind, um, all of my clients that, 
you know, there's no guilt and shame in anything that I'm doing with you. And you can apply that to every area of your life. Um, there's always a reason to, to feel mom guilt about anything, um, to not be hundred percent confident of your choices for yourself or your kids. But I think we all just have to, you know, whatever direction we're going in, be confident about it and then be willing to adapt whatever it is in fitness and business and family life. Yeah. That adapt mindset or perspective is really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, do you have a personal practice that you do to kind of like catch yourself or mental triggers that be like, if you find yourself going into a negative swirl or anything to that extent? Um, journaling has been huge for me for many years, like even middle high school, I think I've always had a journal and I think that's a really great outlet mm-hmm. for kind of finding patterns, um, being honest with yourself and, um, just kind of giving you clarity around what's going on in your life. So I recommend that, um, to a lot of women, it's simple, it's easy. You can do it anytime. And I think it's huge. Yeah. It's a great practice. Um, I've heard and read and and applied a few times to really that data dump. Yes, exactly. Get it it out. Right. And just Uh, with moms. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think at the end of the day, moms have a lot of open tabs in their brain, so it can help to just clear it out, um, start with a new slate and then be willing to take on the next day, Um, which I journal in the morning, but you know, night or morning, whatever your personal preference is. Yeah. To get that, you know, like you said, the open tabs, like the list is always there, uh, to be able to at least shut it off so you can get some good rest and sleep and and all that to, to start afresh the next day. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, um, are you still running? I am. Yes. Um, I'm still running occasional races, okay. but, um, I really, like I said, at this point, just try and keep it fun. So, um, mostly for enjoyment. Occasionally I'll, I'll jump in a road race. We have a, a lot of good local ones. So. Yeah. Do you have any coming up? I don't, I think I'll probably just be on cruise control through the summer and then maybe in the fall, um, when it cools down a little bit, uh, jump in something. Yeah. Especially in Florida, you're in Florida. I'm in Florida. Yes. Yeah. It's probably, uh, already off season for that kind of thing. It's already 90% humidity. So (laughs) sweaty running right now, but yeah, Yeah. still enjoyable. Do you have a preferred distance? You know, I, I really like the 15 K. Okay. Um, I like the distance. It's not quite as painful as a 5k, the speed, but, um, it's enough of a push to be challenging. Yeah. So that's okay. been my favorite the past few years. What, that's just, what is that? Just under 10 miles, right? 9.3. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I that's the 10 and the half I think are my favorite, but mm-hmm. I always seen the default to try and push for the marathon. I don't know oh, why really? I keep doing that, but uh, probably <laughs> that's a to, big endeavor. Yeah, it is. It's time consuming. It is. Yes. It, I mean, it kind of goes to the whole point of accounting for all, all the things in your life to figure out your goals and objectives. That's right. Um, definitely factoring in the time it takes for, um, well, everything, but fitness is especially, um, I like to see my clients at least twice a week for, um, consistency and then reaching their goals. But, Um, there are some women who have such a jam packed schedule that, you know, coming here twice a week is 
too much of a challenge. So we may go through a season where I see them once a week and then give them a virtual workout to do in their own time. So they have that flexibility. Yeah. But it's definitely something to take into consideration when you're scheduling um, training sessions. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned something that <clears throat> I had a recent conversation on and, and is the pelvic floor and talking about really getting in the weeds. I mean, it, it's affects everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely more so women. Can you, I don't know your degree of understanding, but explain the pelvic floor a little bit and the importance of having a, a solid pelvic floor. Yes. Um, so your pelvic floor supports all of your organs and muscles, um, and your lower abdomen. And, um, for women, it going through pregnancy, there's obviously more pressure as your baby grows and your body adjusts. Um, and it's something that after childbirth really should be a priority in terms of healing and, um, recovery prior to taking on any, vigorous exercise, especially high impact. So for example, runners, running is a high impact exercise. Um, so I think it's crucial for women to see, like I mentioned before, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and then making sure they are strengthening everything prior to putting that kind of force on their body. So is that something when you work with women that are pregnant that you integrate into the programming at all to kind of like slowly build up and what would be an example of of like an exercise? Absolutely. Um, so lower body exercises, things like squats, um, glute bridges or hip thrusts. Um, we also do some single leg work um, okay. throughout pregnancy and then definitely postpartum. Um, those are things that are just kind of a staple in the workout programming. Okay. For Great. I did not know that. Um, what, what, what are some of the consequences, um, or I would say alerts, like if there hasn't been a focus, which I, I think for many of us are, there haven't us, not for women, <laughs> yeah. uh, in general, um, that are some indicators or red flags that there's, uh, some weakness or support needed. Um, a couple of things come to mind. So I would say any sharp pain, um, leaking, um, just a feeling of instability. I think there are other words that you would probably hear women use to describe, but it's just a feeling of like your body, your lower body can't support whatever movement you're trying to perform. Okay. So, um, those would be red flags and reasons to stop, reevaluate, see a specialist, um, and then gradually resume training with the support of, you know, a trusted resource. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, what have I missed for somebody who doesn't have to uh, manage life this way? Um, what's something that is either I'm overlooking or even, uh, many women don't seem to be aware of, uh, the best support their own bodies. Um, I think that just the overall mindset piece, which I know that you understand and are big on, but, um, being fair with yourself and being in a healthy mindset through the phases of, um, even going back to preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, and then training for your lifetime. So I like to zoom out and remind clients that what you're doing is big picture. So what you're doing now is to set you up, to be able to do it long-term to support your health goals and your fitness goals. Um, it's easy to get kind of sucked into the quick fixes and the 
Yeah. The things that promote or that are marketed as miracle turn your life around in a very short period of time. Um, so I try and just kind of reframe that perspective for women of this is why you are easing into your workout routine. This is why we are um, checking in with you or why I'm checking in with you every month to make sure that you feel good about it. It's sustainable and that you enjoy it. I think that fitness should be fun for women. It shouldn't feel like a chore, especially when you're making time out of your busy life to prioritize it. I think yeah. it should be enjoyable. Yeah. And it really ties into that physical and mental health aspect. Like you mentioned Absolutely. for you, it's, it's, um, a mental health check to get out for a run or what, whatever sport athletic thing. It, it's good for the soul a little bit. It really is. And there are so many ways to enjoy fitness. It doesn't have to be lifting weights or running. Um, I think it's wonderful for moms when they feel like they're in a, you know, they have like a stable setting in their family life and their work life, and they can carve out some time um, to learn a new sport or get a new hobby. Um, yeah. Just kind of have an identity outside of mom and wife. Not that those aren't wonderful things and blessings, but I think it's important for women to be able to pursue something outside of those roles. That's a great, great point um, to really help again with the, the mental aspect of like aligning yourself with yourself. Yes, that's right. It's never too late. And that's the other thing. Like you can start your fitness routine or your hobby anytime. I think a lot of us um, have a perfectionist outlook on things, myself included, formerly very much a perfectionist. And that gets in the way of starting new things because it's all or nothing. You think if I can't do it well, I'm just not going to do it. Or if I don't have a full hour to work out, I'm not going to do anything. Yes. When in reality, you can go in the garage for 20 minutes, do a short workout routine and get the benefit um, without having to spend a full hour if you don't have the time. Yeah, that is such a great point um, that you know we have these ideals of what a workout ought to look and feel like. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're gassed and out of breath. Right. Yes. That a type of workout, but that's not mm -hmm. something that is, you know, the 80% of the 80, 20 rule. It's the 20%. Exactly. Um, especially when you're, you're, you're calibrating towards longevity and that's right. Building that gradual strength. Yes. And to the, to the point of your um, podcast and why you're doing what you do, prioritizing the rest and recovery is huge as well. So not feeling like you have to be so extreme and always tired when in fact, that's detrimental to your adaptations and your training. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with the pause. Yes. That, you know, again, that's, a, uh, you know, swimming upstream in culture mm -hmm. uh, a little bit on, on feeling you like you need to be doing something all the time exactly, um, and not acknowledging the rest and the pause is quote unquote doing something yes. um, to help you. A hundred percent. I can relate to that. I like to be busy and I feel like I'm accomplishing something when really what my body needs or what my mind needs is just to relax for a minute and not have anything to do. Yeah. I've really been thinking about this lately too. And, um, uh, I, prayer and, and, whatnot and just figuring out where rest really fits into it and mm -hmm. putting it in its proper place. And it's really, really challenging. Um, it is. Have you found anything that works for your schedule or uh, <laughs> I, I think I've just been more intentional in my, in the mornings. 
mm-hmm. uh, to start the day right, um, doing a little bit more journaling in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, quiet time, just having a casual, like not getting up and going, yes. finding a buffer time so that I can kind of like do the warm up of the day right. uh, of just kind of like n- some water, nurse a coffee and sit outside if it's nice enough. Yes. That's wonderful. Being outside, I feel like is so restorative and yeah. it really does enable a true pause to just sit and appreciate being out outside in nature. Yeah. Especially, you know, here I'm in Virginia, so it's usually pretty, pretty solid to get outside, but it seems mm-hmm. like Florida would be a little bit easier to get out on a more <laughs> consistent basis. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, normally I close it out with three, three personal questions. So we'll jump there. I'll start backwards though, is what's your go-to rest and recovery. So do you have a particular routine for recovery? My biggest recovery method is sleep. <laughs> so I'm guard my sleep big time. So making sure that I'm winding down, going to sleep early, um, because especially after incorporating something like an aura ring and I can actually see the breakdown of my sleep cycles, yeah. I think that, um, making sure that I'm getting enough quality. So quality and quantity sleep. Amen. Yeah. It always seems to turn into an either or 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 discussion and it's like, it's both and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't sacrifice one for the other, but, um, that's, that's great. So you use the aura ring. I do. Yes. I love it. Um, I actually was postpartum when I found out about the aura ring right after having our second son. Okay. And I intentionally waited to purchase it because I did not want to know what my sleep was like in the early phases postpartum. Cause I knew it was interrupted. I knew the quality might not have been very good. So I kind of put it on the back burner. And then after he was, you know, sleeping through the night, um, I feel like I had a good grasp on my sleep. I purchased it and have learned so much from it. That's awesome. Uh, what, what's a key takeaway for you so far? Um, for me, it's just the impact of lifestyle on Mm. sleep. So, um, things like eating too close to bedtime, having a glass of wine too close to bedtime, um, being very active throughout the day, in addition to working out that day, how that impacts sleep. Um, yeah, it just kind of tailoring my lifestyle to make sure that my sleep is, um, quality without being too dogmatic about it. I think that it's a tool, but I try not to be too rigid about using it. Yeah. Did you find yourself early on being rigid with it? Like not too much. I think it was just mostly learning and discovery initially Mm -hmm. trying to figure out, um, the different factors that affect sleep influence. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then also some of the other health factors, like from an athletic training perspective, looking at my heart rate variability, my resting heart rate, those are very interesting as well to see how my training impacts those numbers. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, that's okay. Um, which has been really fun to see and something that I think is fun to see improve with proper training and recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I've been calling it, I come up with silly phrases, but like the science and subjective yes. and being able to marry the two up to be able to like make sense of it. Um, we're like, okay, I know I had, like you said, a gla- maybe a glass, couple glasses of wine and it was later mm-hmm. than I normally would. Mm-hmm. And then waking up a little, little tired. And then I look at my HRV and it's like in the tank. Yes. That's the biggest thing is just, yes. The effect on HRV and then deep sleep. 
that something like um, alcohol can impact. Yeah, because it's so subtle in in how I feel for me mm-hmm. that you don't think it really impacts you much. But then when right. you see the data, yes, tank that it's like okay, then you you look at this from a compounding interest, and it really can snowball over time. Oh, exactly. It's been good about putting kind of boundaries in place. Like, okay, I'm not going to have a glass of wine on a weeknight because I want my sleep to be solid for, for those nights. And then maybe have a glass of wine on the weekend and know that my HRV will not be as good the next morning, but being okay with that, keeping everything in balance. Yeah. No, that's a great point on the boundaries piece. I think that's, you know, uh, talking about culture, um, there's a lot of blurred lines mm-hmm. on, on where things and it, you know, you can blame different things, but it started with the iPhone and, or mm-hmm. the Blackberry where work started again. And now you have, you know, the last couple of years, even really blurred lines of different things of lifestyle. Yes. Um, so it's, it, it's trying to have those healthy boundaries is, is, uh, harder and harder. Absolutely. Everything's screaming for our attention, especially anything on our phone. So, um, yes, I totally agree with that. All right. Uh, well, Jamie, thank you so much for your time and insights. Uh, like I said, I wanted to close it out with a couple of questions. We answered one of them, but, um, what are you reading right now? Um, so I'm reading a book called good to go and it's kind of uncovering some of the research on like sport recovery modalities. Okay. So, um, she references various studies, um, and it kind of debunks some, some pre-existing thoughts about recovery modalities and differentiates between like things that are marketed to you and what they say versus what studies actually show. Cool. Um, so it's kind of interesting and, um, it's a quick and easy read. So okay. um, it's doable I- just a couple pages every night. Nice. I think I'm going to add that to my hit list. Awesome. Um, okay. What are you listening to right now, whether it's music or podcast? So music, this is a multi-part answer, but, um, if, if I'm on my computer working, it's classical, I can't do lyrics. And I think classical is very good for getting focused and being productive. Um, and then if it's working out classic rock or eighties, and if I'm in the car driving, um, it's like alternative or indie rock. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Classical. I've not gotten too into, but, uh, definitely. 80s and and the grunge. So. Yes. The classical would be a good incorporation to quiet time. Well, I guess it wouldn't be quiet time, but if you need like a somewhat quiet time, um, yeah, classical has a very soothing um kind of tone to it. Yeah. And then, you know what? Now that I think about it and I say I I don't, I've been using an app called Abide. Oh yes, um, I'm familiar with that one. So and that I, I get it's instrumental. Yes. Uh for sure. I don't know if it's all classical, but I've enjoyed listening to that. Um, the other night I started to listen to, and at first it's, it's a person speaking and telling a story or whatever. Um, and, and then I realized I woke up and my head is like about falling off my body and I passed that. <laughs> it did the job then it, it served did. its purpose. That's right. It worked. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, you know, usually my last question is go to restaurant recovery. We hit that one already. So, uh, awesome. Jamie, uh, again, thank you so much for your, for your mission to help support uh, women and women's health, um, uh, especially you know the physical and, and mental aspect um, that's required going through you know the life changes that that w- only women can go through. Right. Um, 
So I appreciate that. Where can folks find you? Um, I am on Instagram at underscore coach Jamie Duran underscore. Um, I am on, you can find my website, Jamie, J-A-I-M-E hyphen Duran, D-U-R-A-N.com. Um, yeah. And I'm happy awesome. to connect with anyone who wants to connect, learn more, has questions. I love connecting. The internet's a great place for bringing people together and meeting people within the industry like yourself. So um, I really appreciate you having me on and thanks for all you do in your podcast. I a hundred percent support your mission. And it's been really fun to listen to some of the other guests you've had on um, just to provide insight and different perspectives in something so crucial to society. Um, rest and recovery. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie, for uh, the support and, and collaboration. So of course, take care. Thanks, Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Please share this information far and wide. Rate, review, would appreciate all of the support. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can also check out episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or you can check out the website at www.berestedbewell.com. Thanks and have a great day.